When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. OJ, I like you two a lot more than this guy. Hey, what's up, my... (laughs) He was going to say ninja. Hey guys, welcome to our first ever super collab review of Strike Force 5. I'm Chrissy Mayer uh, from the Chrissy Mayer podcast. You might know me from Compound Media or stand-up comedy, fame and fortune. Uh, yes, and, and to my uh, left here is, is Carl Hamburger. Carl, t- tell the good people about yourself. Chrissy Mayer, thanks for having me on this crossover. <laughs> I'm the host of Who Are These Podcasts? Who Are These.com is where you can find out more information about that. Wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to Who Are These Podcasts? Twice a week deconstruction of popular and not popular podcasts. And last but not least, Mr. Ryan Kinnell. I love your your NPR podcast voice you got going on. It's just wonderful. It sounds almost as authentic as the garbage we're going to review today. Uh, but yes, I'm happy to be here. Strike Force Five, the hottest new podcast that has hit Spotify, uh, full of all the people that you forgot have been out of work the past four months because they're not new. Yeah. So this no. is the most requested show of all time. I have the last three days. I've got nothing but else people saying I have to review Strike Force Five. Props to Chrissy being the first person to message me directly and say we have to do the show together because I've had multiple people send me that message since then. Chrissy got in first. This is a show if you don't know, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, and Seth Meyers. Who? Those are people <laughs> back when late night television was important are the hosts of late night TV. Yeah, it's uh, the writers and actors strike is still going on. I guess they're doing this to raise money for the writers, I suppose. But, you know, anytime there's a strike or something like this, I, I have it's hard for me to feel bad for anyone because never do they ever mention uh, the writers, the crew, anybody who lost their jobs because they wouldn't take an experimental medicine. But, you know, we all have to muster up all this sympathy uh, when they go on strike. So yeah, it, it's tough for people to have sympathy for all these people in L.A., whether it's writers, actors, even crew people who they were able to work during when LA was locked down, they were able to work while hairstylists went out of business, while gyms went out of business, while normal everyday people went out of business because they weren't allowed to open, but Hollywood continued to operate. So yeah, it's tough to have, obviously there's a lot of people that are caught up in it that I'm sure just normal people doing their everyday jobs. But these five hacks, one, it's very clear that they need their writers. Um, Even with their writers, they're still unfunny. 
they, they need an audience that's told when to applaud, like a literal light that turns on to tell sheep when to applaud or laugh or whatever to make their show entertaining. Their numbers have been plummeting for years as well. People aren't interested. And when it was announced that they were going off air because of the writer's strike, people really have not missed them, to be honest with you. Right. And I think who this is, podcast who, is the, the explanation why. Who is, watch, who is truly watching this? Bo- like boomers? Um, I... Is it just on in doctors' offices? Like I just, I just don't <laughs> doctor's know. Doctors' offices. <laughs> doctors' offices at eleven thirty Eastern. Oh, right. Yes. It's not the View, Chrissy. It's it's a little different than that. Well, since you guys have started this with uh, a political slant on it, I'll play for you what uh, Jimmy Kimmel says immediately. It seems like Jimmy Kimmel is kind of the leader of the pack here. This is his brainchild. You can tell out the gate that he wants everyone to know that this is his idea. He's the one that has control over the soundboard. And you slowly realize after listening to this that everyone else is kind of in a hostage situation. Um, Especially John Oliver. the most excited John Oliver almost never talks. Yeah, they yeah, seem John like they don't want to be there. I wish we had the yeah. video because Jimmy Fallon, in the 30 seconds we got, Jimmy Fallon looks like he wants to fucking kill himself already. <laughs> right? In just that 30-second video preview we had. Um, it, he is the I, most I, likable. I, I should point out, like, reportedly, they're going to be shifting who hosts each episode okay. in terms uh, of who drives the narrative. So this is Kimmel's episode. I don't know what it'll be next time. I guess we'll see. All right, so this should is how the uh, show... I'm going to play... Oh, you can. Should, yeah. should we play the teaser, or should we assume everyone has seen it at this point? It's up to you. Do you have it ready? I, I. That's a great question, Carl. <laughs> why did question. you bring this up? If you don't have it. Let me play I, a clip uh, for you, Chrissy. I've been trying to. I've been trying <laughs> I, to set up a I, clip I, for two minutes straight. God damn it! You know. Okay, I have it. In fact, I have it right here. Let's okay. play. The, let's play the preview. Okay. Ugh. Cringe. Cringe. They're like, they're like, look how relatable we are. I'm doing it from my room. I have a fish in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is the guest room of a vacation home. One more time, Jimmy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm oh, Stephen Colbert. I'm Jimmy Kimmel. I thought when you said Jimmy, you meant me, Jimmy, but you meant Jimmy, Jimmy. I always me. mean you. But when you I say always Seth, mean- Seth Meyers, who do you mean? I mean John Oliver. That makes the five of us together. For uh, maybe an hour a, a day. Like Force 5 is the name of our podcast. Subscribe to it now. Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. But Spotify, you fucks. One more time, Jimmy. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that gives you a sense of what... I was very excited to review this whole thing because Jimmy Kimmel is doing a little bit of an Anne Frank moment up in his attic there. Uh, Fallon is in his basement. He already looks suicidal. And this is the preview. So, my goodness, how exciting. All right, all right. So that is the preview. And now, Carl. So this is uh, from the very beginning. And Jimmy Kimmel addresses the elephant in the room right away because we know these are Hollywood folks. And for those who will criticize us who say we don't need a show hosted by a group of four middle-aged straight white men, we bring you a fifth middle-aged straight white man. But this one is from England, which is an entirely different country. So I did find this interesting because I personally don't care about diversity. I just find the best people for the job and I'm good with it. But they obviously do. That's so racist of you, Carl. I know. Can you imagine? But they obviously do. All they care about is diversity. They're like, oh, so it turns out that we're just like five straight white guys. Oh, this doesn't look good. Whoops. At least one of us is British. 
We're, we're five straight white dudes who are all around the same age and all the exact same level of funny. Um, right. <laughs> just to the point where no one actually wants to tune in. We're yep. perfect for this job. So let's find out what, what this is. Why are they doing it? How did this all come about? This is a Zoom that we've been doing since the WGA strike started. When was that? How many years ago did the WAG? 115 days, something like that now. So did I hear that right? They've been on Zoom calls together every day. And then someone said we should make this a podcast. Is that uh, what they're saying? I, I have a hard time believing that. This <laughs> is what I honestly think. So they all made it very public after the writers, you know, after the writer strike happened. They can't continue the show because they don't have people to write jokes for them, obviously. Um, they said, hey, we're going to keep paying our staff out of our own pockets and stuff like that. And they advocated for them to keep their benefits all the way through September, shit like that. Now, I think they're probably a little bit tired of doing that going on four months now. So now this podcast, the Strike Force 5 podcast, the, the proceeds from it, which is being sponsored by, you know, Ryan Reynolds, you know, his or his gin company and his Mint Mobile are sponsoring it. George Clooney's tequila company is sponsoring it. They're getting all this money from their, for their sponsors, and that's supposed to help their staff. Yeah. Probably because they're yeah. tired of paying it. I think it's cute how they're all pretending like they're unemployed and broke instead of just essentially on vacation. Like even the way that Jimmy intros everybody, it's very cringe. He's like, and uh, formerly the host of the Tonight Show. Uh, well, hey, spoiler, kind of they might not have a job to go back to. And I- I'm not rooting for this by any means. I know you guys are very anti-Hollywood. I am. I'm kind of anti-Hollywood <laughs> myself. But these people don't realize that they don't have an audience. They're making way more money than they should be making because they don't have an audience. And like you said early on, Ryan, nobody misses them. Nobody's sitting there going, God damn it, if I could just see Jimmy Kimmel's show, my life would be better. Like, everyone has found other things to do. There's so much more entertainment out there that we don't need these people. They're not very good. And so speaking of this vacation analogy, so this is what they say. They go, oh, people keep yelling at us. What's it like to be on vacation? So they comment on that. What do they say to you? You join, You enjoying the vacation? Yeah, right. I get that a lot. Uh, that yeah. This is, and I usually say, this is like a vacation in the same way a colonoscopy is like a nap. <laughs> so I don't get that. I'm not sure what that means. And I'm too young to understand what a colonoscopy is. Yeah. But again, it's like, and I wanted to say before when they're commenting, like, oh, we're all, we're, we're white, we're white guys. And I'm like, are, is he trying to sound like the, the 35 year old? female living in Brooklyn writer that they all tend to just kind of lay off. Like, it sounds like he's trying to sound like the people that write for them right. by mentioning their, their race over and over. Well, they also they, try they to try- relate to normal people. You can tell with this thing. They're just like, I mean, Hey, this vacation is like how a colonoscopy is a nap. It sucks guys. It's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's what they're really going for by comparing it to the, to the colonoscopy. They're saying, you know, you guys think it might be easy for us to just sit here and not work for a hundred days, but you know, in reality, it's really hard for us. It's basically like anal sex. Okay. Yeah. And, and they're like, you know, it's a good thing that both my mansions are paid for, or else I'd be a little stressed out. But still, it's it's no picnic. And then listen to the tag on this right after they said that. You're you're unconscious for both of them, but one of them is really what you want on a regular basis. Thankfully, there were no laughs. No one gave him anything oh. for that. That was rough. And I guess that's the thing I want to point out about this show. We were talking about this a little bit before we started the show is how uncomfortable this is. There's no chemistry. And it seems like amateur hour. Here you have five professionals who do this for a living and they have no idea how to communicate with each other or be funny or interesting. 
These are the highest paid comedians on earth. That's what it comes down to. They are some of the highest paid comedians on earth. Not necessarily the funniest by any stretch of the imagination, but some of the highest paid. And they sound uncomfortable and nothing that they're talking about is actually funny because they don't have... Seth Meyers even said it at one point. He's like, I think you're going to notice during this podcast that we're really missing our research teams and our writers. We really need them. They're a big help to us. Trying to make it look like they're victims, but in reality, saying the quiet part out loud is that you aren't fucking funny. Yeah, and and I think it's it's ridiculous for them to even try to sound like they're they're unemployed or uh, you know because how many actors go you know are gig to gig and they gig to gig they're gig to gig and they they go without money for months and it's like no all of you guys are set you're you're all millionaires uh, several times over. And just, Which just I don't even care. A, I have no problem with them being millionaires. I have no problem with them being yeah. millionaires, but I hate that they act like they're not. That's the thing where they right. try to be relatable. It's like, no, no, no. You guys are obviously on a, a different level, and that's fine. Maybe you earned it. Maybe Jimmy Kimmel used to be funny. I think he did. But it, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But they have no format for this. There's no. It's very directionless. And so at one point, they try to come up with something they could do on the show where they say, hey, the listeners can send us questions. There's, listen to this clip. There's two things I want to point out about this. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I was thinking it would be fun if we took questions from uh, those who are listening to this broadcast. And if it is indeed a broadcast and we have an email address, questions at strikeforce5.com or strikeforce at strikeforce5.com so you can send your questions to either of those emails and we will do our best to answer them in an unpleasant fashion okay a couple observations first off he catches himself saying this is a broadcast he's like well maybe it's not really a broadcast no it is everyone can broadcast now jimmy this is not something special (laughs) that only you on abc could do and that's part of the problem here that's why this strike is ludicrous and you guys are dumb for doing this you notice he caught himself this could have been so good. Like, uh, how many of these guys uh, were on SNL? And, like, uh, Seth Meyers was a writer. Uh, Fallon was a writer. And and I think those two are maybe the, the most genuinely funny of the bunch. Like, let's hear about old SNL stories. Like, talk yeah, about. Like, Fly on the what, Wall, who, which is a great show. Right. An, yeah, who was an asshole? Who was cool? Like, that's what people want to hear. And that's what people will never get tired of. But instead, they're like. Oh, oh, how was your week? <laughs> they, they should literally just <laughs> shit on each other. Like, right. That, that's what they should be doing. They should be making fun of each other's shows. You know what I mean? Like, that that's what they should be doing. That Like, people would enjoy yeah. that. People would think it was funny. And, like, these people are all, they're obviously rivals in terms of ratings, but they are are somewhat friendly. Yeah. I mean, wasn't it Fallon and Kimmel that switched shows for April Fool's a couple years ago? Yeah, oh, really? Like, like, I think that Jimmy's actually switched shows and broadcasts and everything. It's kind of wild for competitors to do, but yeah. Very different yeah, than the uh, Letterman versus Leno days when these guys was hated each other, for sure. But the other thing that I wanted to point out, and maybe this is nitpicky, but I don't think so. The guy goes, or Jimmy says, all right, send us your questions and, and we'll address them. You can either email them to this email address or you can email them to this email address. Just pick one email address. It'd be one thing if he said you can either tweet us or you can email us. You know, if there's two different ways to get in touch with them. But he gave out two different email addresses. What's the point of that? Why would I need two different choices? It's unprofessional. Like, just have the one email. And I was thinking, like, yeah, maybe we should send them some questions. Uh, Can you imagine how many, (laughs) like, how much hate mail they're getting now? 
Uh, I don't know anyone injured. who's excited about this show. I, and maybe I'm in a different world, but every single person who said this to me is like, this is horrible. I don't know why they're doing this. This is embarrassing. And I got to imagine they're getting some of that feedback. Hopefully they get more of it. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I don't Bailin. think they give a fuck. They 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 got these massive deals from their Hollywood buddies for like even during this thing, Kimmel revealed that Ben Affleck and Damon offered to pay his staff for a while because they knew they was trying to pay out of pocket and stuff. They have a lot of money coming in to make this thing happen without ever getting a click from Spotify. That's true. So uh, they don't need like they get the headlines and the initial stuff, and people are clicking out of morbid curiosity because it looks so cringe. We'll see how the viewership holds up. If every episode's like this one, I don't know who's going to continue listening because it's right. not, it, it, it's so weird and uncomfortable and directionless that it's hard to even fucking shit on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, like, speaking, of how, speaking of how uncomfortable it is. So what they're talking about is the fact that they have two sponsors. One is tequila. The other is cell service. And so they're going, so this is a great combination because you can get really drunk and then text an ex that you wouldn't want to text because you're drunk and then you do that. And so they try to make a joke out of this, but this is bad. This is bad comedy right here. Okay, That's, someone yeah. name an ex-girlfriend. Name an ex. Everyone name the ex-girlfriend <laughs> they shouldn't text right now. Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. Wait, you dated Beyonce? Beyonce? Oh, no, yeah. that one. No, I it's Beyonce O'Reilly. He, he knew her in the, yeah, she's in the Bronx. And you know what? I what I respect about her, she didn't. Once uh, the other Beyonce made it big, she didn't change her name. She stuck with it. <laughs> he oh. did. She did change her last name though. <laughs> Beyonce Sherman. They're all trying to tag it. It's not. None of it's working. And these are like you keep saying, right? These are professional comics. They're highly paid for being comedians, and they don't seem to understand how comedy works at all. Hey, name your next girlfriend. Uh, Beyonce. Get it? Yeah, she's hot. You never dated her. I get it. Beyonce O'Reilly. Colbert's like, uh, you know, oh shoot, name an ex-girlfriend. He's just thinking, going through like all the names of like little kids. He's like, can't say that one, can't say that one, can't say that one. Um, I don't know what you're accusing people of right now, Chrissy. Oh, for those who know, no. (laughs) And I, I think the elephant in the room with all this shit is what these people, like basically all the people that that are hosting this podcast now. What they did during the pandemic, how all these late night TV shows have become so inherently one sided political. Mm-hmm. Now, they've always been political when it's been a topic, right? When there's an election season or whatever, it always had been, whether you're, you know, Leno, Letterman, whatever. Those guys at least uh, did a decent job of shitting on both sides. That's what they're there for. They're there for people to tune in and laugh at them, not, to, not for political propaganda. And Jimmy Fallon did an entire mu- music video, a, a musical piece about. Um, you know, this at Christmas time, we'll be in line for a booster about getting the jab. Stephen Colbert did the da- the Pfizer vaccine dance. All these people who are shilling for big pharma and supporting people being locked down. There's so much resentment out there for these people right now. Yeah. And that yep. brings me up another point that I wanted to make. I have a clip here where Stephen Colbert is telling the story of being at this party and there's this A-list movie star that he walks over to. And this happens. It's a- I, I've had guests who were not guests, and I was not trying to book them because I don't book people on my show, at a party. I was at a party once, and a famous movie star, as I walked over him, said, I don't want to be on your show. I said, (laughs) I'm not asking you to be on my show. I just wanted to say I enjoyed your movie. That's all I wanted to say. But this guy was so sure that I was coming over there to book him that he preemptively brushed me off. 
You know, it's almost like he's so butthurt. He's so butthurt by this. You but can tell. It's almost like dividing the country and calling half of Americans idiots every single night on your show is going to make it so that some people don't want to be a part of that. Like some people who are movie stars want to sell tickets to all Americans and not just piss off anyone who voted for Trump or didn't believe that Joe Biden was the best candidate in 2020. And so what's great about this is that the follow-up question is, well, was he a conservative actor? Is that why? And then they say, do you think it was you or does he just not like talk shows? Do you think it was more about you or the fact that he isn't comfortable doing talk shows? Um, I, uh, uh, more about not wanting to do talk shows. Right. So Stephen Colbert is just like, well, oh, it's not me. Oh, I, I'm obviously not the problem convenient. here. Yeah. Yes. He must have stage fright. Yes. He's camera he's shy. Just... <laughs> the movie starts camera shy. <laughs> he's camera shy. <laughs> Must be Holy it. Shit. He's literally obligated minutes. to promote uh, movies by the studios that hire him. Obligated yes. to do it. Telling Stephen Colbert, I want nothing to do with your show. I think that has something to do with the fact that Stephen Colbert is a bit toxic, but I could be wrong. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to be associated with a show that has people dancing around in syringe costumes. Um, Carl, I didn't know if this was a clip that you were thinking of, but I found it very interesting that in the first few minutes of this show, they describe the very thing that they could do to resolve uh, the, the strike situation instead of doing this lame podcast. And they recount a scenario uh, that, you know, Kimmel was saying, uh, you know, I was there was a strike years ago where Letterman and Ferguson came back before us and we were mad. And he was like, I don't know why that was. And I think Seth Meyers comes in and says, oh, it's because Worldwide Pants, uh, they they made some sort of, you know, distinction with their company and they were able to be separate from the strike. And then, you know, by having their own production company, they were able to pay off their staff that way. And I'm like, made their own deals with the writers. I'm like, why aren't they doing that? Like, why aren't they doing that right now? Like what? If it's been done in the past and it makes everyone happy, what the fuck are they waiting for? Well, it doesn't make everyone happy because the guild, uh, would have a very big problem with people crossing the picket line. Right. Isn't that what the problem is? Yeah. Like the thing's complicated because this is this is the worst time for these retards to strike. Yes. Like the, the worst possible time as Hollywood is failing everywhere. Streaming industry, everyone's losing hundreds of millions of dollars on streaming while people are cutting the cord and less people are watching linear television. So not only is the revenue dropping from the cable companies, but it's also dropping from advertisers because not as many people are watching. All of these guys have basically record low ratings of their show right now. Yeah. And all the writers, all the actors, like they did the worst thing at the worst possible time. And I think a lot of people studios are fine saying, all right, we'll go a little while. We're willing to wait you guys out. So some of the lower level fucking freaks who really aren't even qualified to work at a Starbucks until you guys just finally give up. And we'll have a little bit less of a pool we'll have to pay. Maybe a little bit better quality stuff. And we save hundreds of millions of dollars by not making shit in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, these guys mm-hmm. are all losing to Greg Gutfeld. Say what you want about Greg Gutfeld. Yeah. He is not a stand-up. <laughs> he's not a comedian. I don't know that he's a great late-night host. I'm sure the show has gotten better from when I originally watched it. But all of these guys combined don't have the ratings of Greg Gutfeld. And they're sitting there acting like they're important. And they're not. There are YouTube channels that are way bigger than them. With these people are way bigger celebrities than these guys are, and they don't understand and that Hollywood is not what it used to be. People don't care outside of Hollywood. And to your point, Carl, why couldn't 
all of these late night show hosts, uh, whether they have one or they just make one, make your own YouTube channel, stream it additionally through YouTube. That way you can get super chats, which you can also donate to your staff. Like, why are they not doing this? Why are they not streaming on Rumble? Why are they not streaming Rockfin? Why are they not streaming everywhere? I I think it's because, well, it's pretty clear that they are not able to do that without a (laughs) massive production staff. Right. You know what I mean? You just listen to this podcast and it's like, okay, maybe initially people would tune in, but would they be able to carry a YouTube channel with a daily show? I don't think these guys could do that. They don't have the they don't have the cue cards in front of them. They don't have the teleprompter. They don't have the people writing their jokes. They don't have the researchers. They don't have all this stuff. They have no idea what they're doing. Right. So they, they can't even put together what we're doing right now, which is an yeah. audio and a video podcast. And I have an example of this. So Jimmy Kimmel, every time they say the name of the show, Strike Force Five, he gets that thunder sound effect. And then they say, Well, what if we got Letterman here and it was Strike Force Six? So they try to figure out what happened. And this is them describing what's happening because there isn't a visual element. And I, since this is not a visual medium, right now, Stephen has his assistant in the room. And he's, he's wrestling, he's wrestling oh. him. And she's taking, a tr- she's taking a trombone out of a case. <laughs> he's making her do this live. Oh, she's freezing up. She's nervous. She's freezing up. Oh, my God. It's not a trombone. <laughs> oh, God, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It's a, it's a hacksaw. <laughs> that was maybe, my trombone, maybe, by the way. Maybe the reason why they couldn't do this podcast on video is because Stephen Colbert's assistant is nine years old and well, fucking jerking They're all the trying to make jokes. Obviously, none of that is actually <laughs> happening. They're all trying to make jokes like, oh, isn't this wacky? Like, you guys are so out of it. You don't know that podcasting has been going on for so long that everyone's over that kind of thing. Like, guess what's going on in the room right now, guys? You won't believe it. These two are wrestling. It's like, okay, you guys are hacks. This is not good. And they're so obsessed with celebrity. And we're, the rest of us are over it. Oh. Here's the thing that, and I, oh. I pointed this out with Howard Stern when he broadcasted from his house during Beth's birthday dinner. And he had celebrities over there. He's like, you can't believe who's at my house right now. And I was just like, who gives a shit? You hang out with celebrities. The problem with mm-hmm. celebrities these days is that because of social media, we all have gotten to know their real personalities and we all dislike them. They're annoying assholes I don't want to hang out with for the most part. Not all of them, obviously. But they're talking about the fact that Jimmy Kimmel has these celebrities over and they go fishing at his house. And so here's a fun joke. Kimmel, is it any truth to the rumor that obviously you have a lot of celebs come out there to go fishing, that you have uh, scuba divers under the water who then hook the fish to the <laughs> to the rods of your A-listers yeah. so that they'll be happy? Good one. That's not all he does with the rods of A-listers. <laughs> Whoa! All right. <laughs> now we're getting deep. There was a part. Go ahead. It was part of this show where Kimmel's talking about holding his kid back. He's like, oh, we just we just wanted our kid to be the older one in his yeah. class. It was between him and Seth. And I was like, he's just talking about this, you know, I'm like, a lot of parts of this podcast could have been a phone call, you know. And I know that's <laughs> that's yeah. sometimes, who knows, maybe I slip into that category sometimes when I'm just catching up with a guest. But I'm like, I'm listening to this. Goes like, a lot of this could have just been a phone call. I don't know why this has to be broadcast over Spotify. And, uh, and I wonder how you guys feel about this part. So Jimmy Fallon was the only late night talk show host who had Trump on in 2016. And 
a lot of people said, wow, that was a great appearance. It really humanized Trump. And in fact, like the left really gave Fallon a ton of shit for it because they're like, oh, this is you helped him win. You helped him get votes. You helped, you helped platform him. And I wonder if like this hostage situation podcast is because the left is just never going to let him live it down for having Trump on. Stop it. You are fake news. <laughs> That's interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I forgot about that. I, I I kind of forgot about that as well. He again, we don't have video of this. He seemed to not talk a ton during this. Him and John Oliver, I felt like talked the least out yeah. of everybody. I feel like it's mostly mostly Jimmel, Jimmel, Jimmy Jimmel, <laughs> Seth Meyers, and uh, and Stephen, Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, for sure. I, I wish we had the video. I really uh. do. We had the thirty-one seconds that it was about perfect perfect time to react and make a YouTube video about how cringe and stupid it was, um, but. Yeah, it's just I felt like this first episode should have been something like they should have talked about the strike. You right. know, like, that should have been it. But instead, they kind of addressed a couple little stories about it, but mostly just meandered around for an hour. I have an example of that. But before we do that, this is our both of our shows, Chrissy. Should we get caught up on Super Chats real quick? <laughs> That's an excellent idea. Thank you for bringing that to my attention, Carl. I um, think we should. Uh, how, can I bring up? Yeah, I guess I can yeah, bring them all you can, up. You can bring them all up. Um, Brock Lee, member for one month. Super Chats! Super Chats! Thank you, Brock. Super Chats! Uh, Anthony Jadis? Yeah. Oh, God. He and says, uh, Kush Army Rise Up. So I don't know if you guys know about this, but um, there's a guy who's declared a radio war on me. His name is Johnny Kush from Marijuana Happy Hour. I guess this is a person who's part of that. Uh, oh, I, gotta, I love a radio war. I got to watch out for this guy. Well, the funny thing is that the guy actually has zero listeners. So everyone who pretends to be one of his listeners, actually just one of our listeners who's goofing on him. So thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Michael C., it's Super Chat Saturday. Quote, hetero Carla. That's right. I'm so hetero over here. I'm even looking at Chrissy's That's... boobs right now. Hey, I'm trying to get viewers. Just like well, any you other. were earlier, people were bitching because your hair was in the way. Oh my god, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to tease it out. Like if you watch till the end, maybe you'll see all of it. Smart. Yep. That's what so. Strike Force Five is too. <laughs> Matthew, oh, it's a Matthew. Uh, Strike Force Five should have gone to New York City and sat around a table if they are not going to invest in decent podcasting gear for under two thousand dollars. Exactly, they could have. It sounds like cobbled shit. together. Whoever's in New York City, go rent a, a a space at a WeWork and throw up a couple lights. I mean, like, certainly you're capable of doing what any of us could do at, you know, doing an out-of-town podcast. You could easily slap together Well, is this going to be daily, studio. though? They're going to be doing this daily until the strike's nah, over, weekly. right? Oh, okay, weekly. weekly. Until the strike's over. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah. At least for 10 weeks, so... Maybe that's how long they expect it to last. It's going to last longer than that. I know that. I Hamburger. Hello. Hamburger. Oh, that's how you pronounce it? Okay. Yeah, it's Alonzo um, Hamburger Jones, the comic from the 90s, whose uh, every punchline was hamburger. I'll have to look into that. Yo, you should. It's fun. Uh, the singing tags. Chrissy, any chance in introducing Ryan to Louis J. Gomez? I feel like they would vibe well. Why? Because they're both racist. Uh, they're both consistently angry a holes in a good way. Yes, you guys would get along. Um, but with the last name like Gomez, I'm not sure if he's mad at me over my Blue Beetle comments or not. So, <laughs> Yeah, he definitely is not a Latinx. That's good. Fuck those people. 
fuck him. Uh, Mike Cuts, FKB. Yeah, Kevin Brennan and I were going back and forth on Twitter right before I came on here today. And I guess he just did an episode about me, too, on his oh. uh, Misery Loves Company. So he's not Why happy so with special? me. Oh, I know. Why? Me. Well, just Kevin Brennan almost fucked up my ability to do an interview with Stuttering John. I had It was all um, lined up. He was coming on my channel, Stuttering John and me, hashing it out. And John goes on KB show right before it, and Kevin goes, don't do Carl's show. You shouldn't do a show. And so John goes, yeah, you're right. And he started driving to the pub. I had to text John that he's a pussy in order to get him to come on my show. So then I went on Kevin's show, and I was like, dude, you almost fucked up my show. Why'd you do that, you prick? And he's, I don't know, he tried to gaslight us and stuff. So anyway, KB and I have been, uh, uh, I don't know, going at it a little bit since then. He's great at making enemies. Yes, that's true. Uh him Himmel. first one last stream before kush takes you down he told me today he is planning a two-hour special on you by the way john just yesterday got what ray ping you means <laughs> john is a super chatter named ray ping you and he'd been reading this name all week and then finally on thursday i think he goes oh i get it i just thought i had an asian fan <laughs> he's so stupid uh, oh, what's up, Raceland? I'll never pronounce your name right. Thanks for becoming a new member. Matthew Hammond again. Please send in emails asking them questions as you will be one of the 10K watching their podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, Jimmy, blink twice if you're being held hostage. <laughs> yeah. Belial Bradley, thanks for the super sticker. He's wild. Uh, Delco Chris, adore the Chrissy Mayer and Carl Hamburger to the haters. Not every podcast episode is going to be like an hour primetime special. Calm down. Look, don't don't apologize. For Are there our, haters our here? I'm not reading the chat. Now I have to go through and read every single chat. What? Hate, <laughs> haters? Usually everyone always likes all of us and everything we do. Yeah, I never had right. any complaints about anything before ever. Right. Fred Murphy, best tits in comedy. Well, Thank you gotta you. specify who that's Thank about. <laughs> I come buckets. What's RK's fave part of Isom? Bunnies plus tortoises. Well, obviously, his massive cock. Um, but no, in, in terms of the comic book, um, so I haven't read two yet. I got it in the mail last week, so I'm excited to look into two. But for the first part, I think Isom number one, my favorite part was the entire meeting and interaction that he had with Yaira. And to me, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the Saskia sisters doing Yaira and learn more about that character. So that kind of that those couple pages there where they had their interactions, that was my favorite part. My favorite part is like in the middle, it's like a pop-up and then like a big black cock just comes out. You know, it's like a pop-up book. Exactly. That was a special <laughs> feature. I ruined the surprise. No wonder it's so expensive. Holy shit. That explains it. <laughs> You can say the strike is ridiculous, but this show makes it painfully obvious how dependent they are on their underpaid writers while these faces slash actors are massively overpaid. Yeah, I mean, it blows my mind how they can't figure out how to do their own setup. And even on this thing where they're supposed to have no help, Colbert has his assistant there. So, And they're, these guys are not even that old. They should know how to work no, a computer, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they aren't that old. It. That's it's a true statement, but even when you pay a hundred people on your staff or whatever, their product is retarded and stupid. Like there's a reason their ratings are failing. There's a reason no one's been <laughs> tuning in. There's a reason no one really misses them, and it's because even with a hundred people, they can't make Jimmy Kimmel look funny anymore. 
Uh, like go back, go back to like just having hot women on the streets rub your junk. All right, go right. back to doing blackface as Carl Malone. That shit's <laughs> funny. All right, go back twenty five years. Be edgy, be funny. But now it's just it's basically just Trump jokes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's all it is anymore. Uh, Jim Satala, hey Carl. FYI, Gutfeld is written by Jim Norton, Nick DiPaolo, Joe DeVito, and a few other comedians whose names escape me at yes. the moment. By the way, the staff over there is fantastic. I wasn't trying to knock him for that. Uh, I like Gutfeld. I don't think he's a comedic mastermind. I think he's a, a good political commentator. But let me just say real quick, Joe he's DeVito. Yeah. yeah, Joe DeVito, who I met at, so at Chrissy's wedding for the first time in person. Uh, is coming to Rochester, coming at the Carlson, uh, this next weekend coming up. And I'm so pissed because we're doing a live show in Detroit. That's so great. I was going to have him over to WATP in studio uh, and do the show, but we're doing, so we're doing a show that funny. weekend. I know. He's great. I love Joe. Did you know I learned um, an interesting fact today about Rochester? Ooh, do share. That it is the place where Chicken Franchise was created. Chicken what? Isn't that crazy? Chicken, Chicken Franchise. Are you mispronouncing a, a, a dish or something? I don't know what that is. Isn't it not Chicken Franchise? I ain't never Chicken heard of that Franchise? Shit. How do you say it? It's Chicken fucking we don't Franchise. Know about. How would we know how we say it? I don't know. Oh my God, don't you know any Italians? It's fucking chicken, lightly, I don't know, breaded, Fran- fried franchise? in a lemon wine sauce. Chicken Franchise or something, maybe? There's, you say Chasey? I don't fucking know. I've never chicken francis, chicken franchisee. All right, uh, someone in the chat will know. A lemony sauteed anyway. chicken cutlet finished with smooth white it's, wine. God damn it! It's from Rochester. Okay, I thought that would impress you, people. I never heard of it, but uh-huh. I I understand. I believe you. It's for real, Mike. Oxbig, five <laughs> old white men. Where's the diversity? I'm also offended by Coxbig. We got a couple more. Torgo the White. Get that super chat. Fifteen months member. Nice. Yep. Some men know how to commit. Uh Neelax forty four. Chrissy and Carl are the best tag team. What about Ryan? Yeah, fuck me. No, no, Ryan's wow. like that cool manager who cheats for us. He distracts the ref. I'm Paul Heyman. All right. I'm yeah. I'm Paul Heyman. That's what I'm doing right now. Who's that? It's like chicken franchise, but for girls, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> oh my god. It's a common dish. That's what people are saying in the chat. How do these non Italians not know? It's like I don't fucking know. Do I look yeah, Italian? It's basic. No. You look like a tall glass of recessive genes. Uh middle aged crazy go. says I'd watch you three break down stuff like this regularly. Ooh, good to wow. know. Look at it for that kind of money. Well, this might happen. We're just getting started. That's right. Nighttime remix might have to check the exchange rate on this, Carla. Yeah, New Zealand what two dollars. What is that? What does that work out to be? That's not even real. We're gonna Raceland take back reading that. Cher. You pronounce it right. Thank you. It's Franchise. Uh, Dagobert. Uber Dangle. <laughs> Always love Chrissy and appreciate you having Ryan on. Thank you. Fancy K T W L. What does that stand for? Um, kill the white one. Oh, okay. Which means all of us, I guess. So, hey, Michael C. If Carla is hetero, why did he wear a cow bikini? <laughs> all right, let's not get into the W A T P and creep off lore yeah. on this. 
this is deep lore. Okay, yeah. we don't have time for. Do I don't like naggers. Ryan is my kind of guy. Yes. One nine. Right, people who annoy you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and finally, from Dang Lizard, Ryan, I think you don't realize how the media landscape has changed. Racist humor is not the solution to everything. Get out of here. We don't Kick know this that. Man. We got to try it first. We don't know. Yeah, that's. That's the problem. The media landscape has changed, but people have not. People Correct. still think racist humor is funny. Thank uh, you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I say that every single day. People still laugh at the same dumb shit that we always did. All right. Let me uh, transition back into a clip here because there's a lot of boring anecdotes, and this might take the cake because Jimmy Kimmel's telling this story about purchasing Gary Coleman's pants, and this goes nowhere. And everyone's polite. They let him get it out. But this probably should not have been brought up. Years ago, I bought, you know, I, I bought a pair of Gary Coleman's pants off of eBay. He was selling a, a really regular pair of sweatpants that he'd owned on eBay. And I got the pants, paid $500 for them. And wow. they were, I was very disappointed because the length, the inseam was just like a regular length, you know. And I, it, it wasn't what I wanted. So I had them hemmed. And then we did uh, hang them in our studio where they hung for many years without anyone ever mentioning why they were there. And then they just disappeared. I don't know where they went. I don't know who has Gary's pants. I love that story. <laughs> that's a that's a half story, is what that is. <laughs> I see what you yeah. did there. Uh, like, I, I feel like it would have been much more... Up. I feel like it would have been much more interesting for them to talk about how Gary Coleman was a big Hollywood favorite because everyone could fuck a dude who was like four foot six, but it wouldn't actually be illegal uh, as opposed to how it usually is for them. See what you did there. Correct. Yes. So basically the story was I overpaid for sweatpants, hung them up in the studio, and then someone took them. Good stuff. Wow, he's so cool. I gotta yeah, imagine there's, there's more interesting drop. things that happen on the man show than you hanging up Gary Coleman's pants, but I could be wrong. Maybe that's yes. the most exciting thing. What? Why would you want I his sweatpants, to... too? Like, like I, I could see be like, okay, I'm gonna buy David Letterman's suit for, like, this memorable time where he hosted his show. I'm gonna get Gary Coleman's sweatpants? What? So, like, the one time that Gary Coleman was just sitting on the couch jerking it in his sweatpants? Like, you have that memory? I, I don't understand. Only five hundred. But he was jerking it up. Only five hundred bucks. That's a steal. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where George, uh, like, thinks he's buying like a former celebrity's car. John Voight. He thinks he's buying like yeah. John Voight's yeah. car. <laughs> and the same thing. It's just like ugh, the cloud chasing never ends. Like he's like, I'm just going to use this as a way to bring up uh, a celebrity name. Like he okay. brings up Sarah Silverman. So speaking of that, times. speaking of bringing up celebrity names. They're all telling these crazy stories about dictators. And so they, they try to make a joke here. And again, this is just too much riffing, too much tagging. No one really knows what's going on. My mom gave um, Castro a hand job once in like 1975, but that's pretty. That's 75. Was <laughs> <laughs> that a bad year for hand job? Well, I thought maybe when he was up and, you know, he tried out for the Yankees, he came up to New York. <laughs> I thought maybe when he was in the States, she oh, went yeah. to Cuba to give Castro a hand job. See, there's a lot of things that you just let die on the vine. And for some reason, they I mean, I, I guess it's kind of natural. Someone says something like, all right, let me try to make that better and more interesting. But these things go nowhere. They're, none of them are good at this. Yeah. Isn't that their yeah, job to have conversations with other celebrities? Isn't that what they do every fucking right, day of the they, week? Aren't they They're all, all scripted chatting? out. 
aren't they in a group chat like don't let, like let's hear about your stories let's hear let's hear about the man show i would listen to an hour of kimmel talking about the man show uh but you wouldn't just, want to so talk about obvious. that though like that's the thing right. like the right. way he's changed like he's apologized for all that shit he right. doesn't want they, none of them want to talk about the things that actually made them interesting decades ago right because yep. that's they they've sanitized themselves now i don't think he yep. can admit that adam crow comes over to his house to watch football i don't think jimmy kimmel can even admit that I'm like what you hang out with Adam Carolla, that Nazi? How he dare still you? does hang out with him. I didn't know I that. I think so. Yeah, I think they're still buds. It's so obvious to me that Kimmel wants to be Howard Stern, and Kimmel is still, you know, they're they're friends. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know how to be funny anymore. He does, again, these guys, they don't. Nobody's riffing. They should all be riffing. Like, don't they all come from an improv background? It's just they're so out of practice, I guess. Uh, but I think Kimmel is trying desperately to sound like Howard. He's running the conversation. Seth and Fallon, they, they, you know, again, they could just be they could be riffing. I could just hear the two of them do an episode together. Uh, like, let's talk about what it was like from being on SNL to having your own show. Talk about that. Like, that would be, okay, wow, that at least taps into some nostalgia. And people go, yeah, I would like to hear about SNL from when it was good. Cool. Talk about that. It's true. Like, these guys are always the ones that are interviewing celebrities. And by that, I mean, it's all these pre-scripted things. The celebrities right. know what stories they're going to tell, right? All this stuff. But it would be interesting to actually hear from them because for a lot of these guys, they haven't done that. Like we don't know a ton about them in terms of those types of stories because they are the ones that are always talking to people now. Mm -hmm. And I like, to be honest, Jimmy Fallon, I, 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 he's not as, I, I don't hate him as much as I hate somebody like Jimmy Kimmel, but like my times remembering him from SNL was just about how he would break every fucking scene. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, that's what was most funny about him during SNL. So I don't know how good he is at going back and forth at this point anymore. He was just always a guy that would start laughing. They need that. Yeah. They need that in this show because no one's laughing at it. Jimmy just cannot wait for this to all be over so he can get hammered and do karaoke in Midtown. Like <laughs> I, think, I think that's where he's just happiest. I think you're right. All right, let's have a couple more clips. So they get into this really long conversation about religion because I guess Seth Meyers' family is, what was his mom? was going to be a nun at some point. And right. I remember his family was part of the church. And so he says, well, I've never been to church. But then he brings up that everyone thinks he's Jewish. And, of course, for whatever <laughs> reason, John Oliver and Kimmel have to get in on this. As someone who is also not Jewish but likes the look, I have been riding that train for years. Same here. Everyone thinks I'm Jewish. And um, I think part of it is because I was dating Sarah Silverman. They assumed we must both be Jewish. But it's interesting how disappointed they are when I tell them that I'm not. And I've just I, stopped telling them that I'm not. I've never once thought Jimmy Kimmel or John Oliver were Jewish. I don't know. Is that a thing? No, definitely okay. not John Oliver. I just don't think anyone with a British accent can be Jewish. I know that that's probably wrong. <laughs> that's but it very just, it wrong. Doesn't, it's very wrong. It doesn't fit. It doesn't go together for me. Okay. So now John Oliver has a very boring anecdote that uh, that this leads into. Or else he... I just remembered a crazy detail from my family. My great, great, I think great grandfather was Queen Victoria's chaplain. And I didn't realize that until very recently. But I've never done Finding Your Roots, and I never will, because I don't want to learn anything else about British history on camera. This show needs direction. Ryan, you've been saying it, Chrissy. 
This show needs direction. They should have sat down and said, all right, what should we cover in this first episode? Let's talk about the writer's strike, how it's affecting us. Let's talk about old times on SNL. Whatever it is. Instead, they all just sat there, and someone would say something, and John Oliver goes, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I learned this thing that's actually boring, and I don't know why I brought it up. Sorry. <laughs> it just, <laughs> yeah. just goes nowhere. They, you know what they need is they need a host. Yes. Like, uh, to be that'd honest. That would be nice. That's actually what they need, even though they're supposed to be kind of <laughs> rotating. And Jimmy, this was Jimmy Kimmel's turn as the host. They actually need a host, but they should do, they should get fucking Jay Leno. They should pull his burned ass face out of the hospital wherever after his car blew up on him. He should be the host for this. Oh, thing. <laughs> I would I would take a melted Jay Leno over the over these five. There- My favorite thing that John Oliver says is at one point he uh, John Oliver says to Colbert, you know, referencing a story. It might have been the uh, the hand job story. He's like, yes, tell the story slowly without forgetting any details. So that to me says John Oliver doesn't want to be there either because he's like, let's just run out the clock here. And even at one point, Seth Meyers says, and I wrote this down and I quote, nobody likes getting invited on a podcast. Like, Oh, yeah. someone, people like getting invited fishing. Nobody likes getting invited on a podcast. So I'm like, all right, check. Seth doesn't want to be there. Oliver doesn't want to be there. Clearly Fallon doesn't want to be there. And I'm sure that they just had to say to Colbert, look, can you just stop drinking children's blood for an hour and just please do this so we can all look like good people. It's, it's very. Who was it who said trouble. they never go on podcasts? Was that John Oliver? One of them goes, I've never gone on a podcast before. I forgot now yeah, who, who I, it was. But I yeah, that. That, that's what's so funny about these guys. Going back to that clip I played earlier, where they're like, So if you're listening to this broadcast, ah, I mean, it's not a broadcast. So these guys are so anti the new media, they're so anti what people are actually into because it fucks up their livelihood. And so they're having a real struggle here. Like, well, we're doing a podcast. We don't like podcasts, which is, goes back to the point where they're like, you got to listen to it. Remember that promo? They go, you got to listen to it on Spotify. It's on Spotify. It's attached to a giant corporation. We swear to God, this isn't a thing where you can just download it from any kind of app. No, no, no. You have to go to Spotify and give Spotify money. And then you can listen to us because we're all corporate shills. And, and Pfizer's great. It's embarrassing. And take the vaccine and get boosted. And like like you guys both said before, they're all late night hosts, but they, and they're all I feel like at one point trying to be in control. Nobody's being vulnerable. Everything sounds so surfacey. Nobody's being honest truly. Like nobody's diving deep on anything. We're not like learning anything new. There's no like real right. interesting nuggets. You know the reason why you listen to a podcast. It's all it's it sounds like a surfacey press junket you know like you just are promoting a a movie or something and i'm like do these guys think that this is good for business it's or they just so careful because they're at such a high level they're like oh we don't want to say anything that could get us canceled well they they just they despise the medium they despise podcasts they made that very clear and they're like but if we have to we'll go do it it doesn't work that way you don't respect the medium and the format you're not going to be good at it and it shows they're terrible at it i just have one more clip this is leading into the Ryan Reynolds Mint Mobile ad. Here, here we have Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He, he is giving money to our staff, basically. That is true. He yeah. is. Yes, he is. And we're allowing it because we're talking about Mint Mobile, which he's also offered um, service, Mint Mobile service for free for a year to our staff. So, um, and I don't know the details of that, but I know that that's, yeah, that's the headline there. And Ryan has recorded a commercial for us. And this is the first recorded commercial for the strike force five. And I think that's pretty exciting. And uh, should we roll it? Let's listen. Let's get ready. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner of mint mobile. Okay. Here's my question. And I'm probably naive. I just don't understand how this works. 
But Ryan Reynolds sold Mint Mobile to T-Mobile for $1.35 billion. Does he still own Mint Mobile? I think T-Mobile owns it now, right? So Maybe he's that still the face. Well, that happened a couple months ago. I don't know if it's officially gone through. Like stuff like that can take a little bit sure. of time to get officially approved through everyone. So that's because I, I still know YouTubers and stuff that are running Mint Mobile ads as well. Okay. So I I don't know exactly what the status is of it, or if they're going to absorb Mint Mobile and not make it part of the team. Who knows what they're going to do with it? But yeah, you're right. Like they did do that big big deal a couple months ago. Yeah, um, the, their only sponsors are a company that George Clooney started and a company that Ryan Reynolds started. So it's just two companies is, that Ryan Reynolds started. Right. It's yeah. just all Hollywood is the only thing that's that's doing this. And all right, I guess that's a good thing if they're trying to, to get money for their staff and everything like that. But, God, they, they got to figure out a way to, to finish this strike because the longer this drags out, the more people are going to realize that nobody cares. It's going to yeah. go badly. It's going to go badly. I, I was looking for the clip uh, because the most interesting part of this whole podcast for me was the moment. And Ryan mentioned this earlier is, you know, I'm like, hmm, why these guys are rich as fuck. Why aren't they paying uh, for their staff out of their own pockets? Like more so. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, they contacted Kimmel and they wanted to pay their staff for two weeks. And Kimmel ultimately said no, like, Oh, it's, it's not your responsibility. And I was like, wow. To me, that just says, Kimmel wants all he wants all the attention. He wants all the praise yep. for doing this podcast. Um, and they're doing and I wonder, I'm like, okay, if Ryan Reynolds is a sponsor and Clooney is a sponsor, how much of that does Spotify get a cut of? That I was wondering about. Um, in the ad, which is funny, Ryan Reynolds says, Oh, we don't need any of you late night hosts. And I'm like, I wonder if that's, you know, a little bit true. Like a little bit like, haha, it's a joke, but it's true. Uh and then, I don't know, I just feel like Kimmel really fucked his staff, and he just wanted to be the hero. And I feel like, most importantly, he is just, Jimmy Kimmel is doing this so he can ingratiate himself with Spotify, set possibly set up a deal either for future lockdowns or after retirement from late night, you know, and uh, he just wants this to be his future so he can do this from home, just like Howard. And I, to me, it's just I think he's taking advantage of the whole strike situation. He mentioned that he wants to retire soon. Jimmy Kimmel mentioned that pretty early on in the show. And so I think there might be some truth to that. And you pointed out before we started the show, you think that they think there's going to be another lockdown on the horizon. And so they're because kind of, they're the elite. They would be first to know. They, they would, would be first to get the email from Schwab and be like, there's another lockdown coming. Get your toilet paper now. And, <laughs> I don't know why he's French, but <laughs> it's, not, but uh, it's yeah. like your it's like your chicken dish or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I think that if he wanted to do that, he, he's kind of missed the opportunity. Spotify within the last, what, six months has cut a lot of their yep. big celebrity deals, whether it's that Jamel Hill deal they did, yep. the Meghan Markle, uh, <sighs> Prince Harry that deal that terrible. they did. They got out of that because they, they did go out and spend a... Yeah, Obama. Like yep. They spent a lot of money on big-name people to do podcasts, and really the only one that's paying off is Joe Rogan. Like Everybody else, it, it, they, they've decided to cut and run from those deals, so I don't know. I don't know what he's going to get out of this. Yeah, yeah that, that whole thing of having a Spotify exclusive show, I don't think works. It, it does, obviously, for a Joe Rogan, who is the number one guy, can pull that off. And and maybe to some degree, Caller Daddy 
Alex Cooper is doing okay on there. I'm not sure. I don't hear a lot from her these days. Yeah, yeah. But that whole thing where you're not allowed to promote yourself on YouTube and other podcast apps where most people listen to podcasts. Spotify is not the number one place people listen to podcasts on. So it, it seems like a really bad idea to have a show that's only in one channel. The timing is horrible. I feel like the sort of the Spotify bubble sort of burst after Rogan, and certainly Meghan Markle was a big, expensive lesson for Spotify. Uh, Meghan and Harry were going to do this whole podcast series together. They spent so much money uh, on them. I forget the name of the podcast they were doing, but it got to a point where Meghan uh, couldn't even do her own interviews. She, yep. you know, she'd have her assistants do the bulk of the interviewing and then she would record something small from home. She couldn't even show up. It was archetypes. To do a podcast. Yeah. Archetypes. It was, archetypes. She couldn't even it was so bad that what they would do is they would have her assistant interview someone and then they would re record her asking the questions to make it seem like she was having a conversation with this person oh, and she was God. not. That's pathetic. <laughs> That's terrible. It doesn't work. That's not what podcasting is at all. <sighs> They're all just like, almost funny all these guys and uh it, it's a it's a lesson for me it's like okay let's say exactly i don't fault them for being millionaires just like you guys said earlier but it, you, you look at somebody like rogan you're like okay he's a millionaire too but why is he better and down to earth still and the lesson is don't just hang out with all fellow elites you know like you you can't just get to this point where you're hanging out with your level and above for networking reasons like you you become out of touch from regular people so quickly and i just feel like not that long ago jimmy fallon was kind of of the people still um and it's just yeah, i think it's just a good lesson it's not that like, hard yeah. just ask your gardener if they watch <laughs> late night ask yeah. your gardener ask the chef Talk to your housekeeper <laughs> ask your housekeeper maybe the nanny people raising I, your ask kids them if, you know when they go to the doctor's office at midnight on a tuesday <laughs> if they happen to catch the late night shows that's what you gotta do hey sometimes we don't have time to go to a doctor until real late at night i can't you get a fucking like black market abortion and like a red state what are you talking about <laughs> okay it's a plan parenthood are you happy no. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it past her. So, all right. So, Chrissy doesn't understand how life works, but she does understand how super chats work. I do. That I do understand. Um, let's go to I came to laugh at you. Oh, good. At least someone did. Didn't Colbert write and act on the Dana Carvey show? How can he not write anything new? Oh, Colbert uh, has done a lot of great things, and including the Colbert Report. When that first started up after The Daily Show, I thought that show was fantastic. I think everyone really liked him on there. When yeah. He was being, yeah, he was yeah. really playing a part. Like, he was just playing a character right. in that. And that's kind of why it worked. And now that we have just Stephen Colbert being Stephen Colbert, it's extremely not funny. It's so funny. Everyone liked him when he was making fun of Bill O'Reilly and he was doing the Bill O'Reilly character. And then as soon as he showed up to a network on CBS, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm Stephen Colbert. It's like, nah. No. It worked because he was the counter to what Stewart was doing. Obviously, Stewart was letting his like true like political slant come through the entire time he was doing that. Colbert did kind of the opposite. So it right. worked. It right. worked very well for them to have, you know, political based comedy. And, you're, you know, you're mocking one side, but you're actually presenting that side while you're mocking it, at least in some way. And it was stuff for everybody. Now, that is not the case. Yeah. The, the, mm -hmm. the show now, I think Bill would say um, fucking thing sucks. <laughs> I agree, Bill. From Nighttime Remix, 
2NZD equals three Japanese Fukuyuts currency humor. Okay, that was stupid. Thank you. Uh, Michael Gavin Ali show. We need a WATP Chrissy Mayer and Michael Gavin Ali crossover. No, we don't. <laughs> no way to insert no, himself into that. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Gavin Ali. Thank you, Autism. Uh, day one, we have real money. Sure, you do. Thank home you. run. Call me a home run. <laughs> <laughs> From, hmm, do y'all think Kimmel Stern know they are lame now? I don't think they know. No, yeah. they they don't they don't talk to anybody who would acknowledge that they are. You know, yep. they don't they you you were talking about it earlier. They only stay within their bubble. You well, know? especially Stern. So I I know a lot about Howard Stern. I've, I've watched the whole evolution of this. I know people who worked on the staff and talked to a lot of them. Howard went from a guy who had people on the staff who would push back. And he would get them in the studio, and they would disagree with them, and they'd have disagreements. That doesn't exist at all anymore. Howard Stern won't even listen to someone who has a different opinion about anything. So he's definitely Damn. in a bubble where he's just like, I only want to be praised, and I want to hear anything else. Yeah, unless you're going to praise me or perm my hair, I'm not interested. <laughs> you're right. Elsa Barrett, you three play well off each other. I'd watch this every week. Ooh. Thank you. And I will wear this top every week. Elsa Barrett again. <laughs> the Fash Five will never be funny because there's things that they're not willing to say for a laugh. They've lost their edge. That's why you three are funny. And right, we're not hearing enough honesty from these guys. Right. Like, they ha probably have it within them. They have some juicy shit, some funny stories, but they're just so careful. There's so many rules in comedy now. It's unbelievable. There's certain people you can make fun of, uh, white men, and then there's a bunch of people you can't make fun of, everyone else. And it kind of makes it hard to navigate if you're actually write funny jokes. Mm -hmm. Cool cut casting, late night host contractually obligated to be gay. That explains a lot. Possible. Dave, Sarah, hell yeah, Gary looks different. <laughs> what? Who do you think is Gary? Hey, Dave. Oh, okay, It's gotta be Carl. Okay. GJJ don't want to go on a podcast equals Joe Rogan doesn't want me on. Ooh. Ooh, good points. Is that true? Maybe. Because, yeah, the, the I forget if it, who said John Oliver, I thought. Goes, yeah, I won't go on a podcast. Like, well, if a show like Joe yeah. Rogan asks you on, you might want to do that because that's a pretty big audience. Or even Tim Cast or even like a Friday Night Tights. You know, it's like. Yeah, the, Could you imagine John getting, Oliver or, on Tim Cast? That would not oh. go well. <laughs> I would I would love to see him on just for Tim to just interrupt him the whole time. That would that would be fun. I'd, I'd listen to it for sure. Oh my god! Thank you so much, Jay Schwalbach. Uh, Jay Schwalbach. Hold on, can Schwalbach. I? One hundred fifty-one bucks. Can I hit this for us? Yes, please. Yay, super chats. Thank you very much. That's amazing. That's definitely Thank deserved. Thank you, Jay Schwalbach. Thank you, Schwalbach. You want to read this one, Ryan? Sure. My favorite part of Isom is when he whips it out and just pees on his haters. That's why I'm changing my name to Schwalbachski, a Polish mm -hmm. black man who can take a joke. Why no Rumble Streamlabs or Locals? Or I would give more. Oh, that That's is answer for you, Christy. I'm not on live streaming to Rumble today. It will copy to Rumble, but... I probably could could and should set that up. Yeah, you, you, you might as well have just pulled a Mitch McConnell and not said anything there because that was a fucking I, uh, I, I should have just done a, a reboot, a silent reboot like Mitch McConnell. No, here's the deal. is Rumble. I like streaming on Rumble, but like if I don't take the time to set up a brand new live stream, it you can't just attach it like you can with like YouTube, Twitch, it, it's Twitter. It's a little Rocket. bit of a pain, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we're not learning anything new. Was the review for which podcast? All the podcasting wizard. All of that. <laughs> we're not here to learn stuff. Mongo. Mongo likes boobs and hates boring celebrities. Well, you're in the right place. Can Thank I you, play sir. something for Mongo real quick? Yes. Because uh, Mongo is one of our guys. He has his own jingle. Here comes the money. Here we go. Thanks for the super chat. Mongo, even though Tuki, is well on his way to a primetime network soon. We appreciate the support. Thanks, Mongo. Wow. What do you have to do to get your own sound effect? I assume give money. A lot of it. (laughs) Very good, Ryan. You figured that out quickly. (laughs) You should have let me figure it out. I would have eventually. From Pimmel, honest, did Shuli fake super chats? I don't think so. I don't know anything about I'd that I'd be situation. happy to address Ooh. that because I, I do have some knowledge on that. Shuli's show, well, Shuli's YouTube channel got taken down for two weeks. and um, Two weeks. Pe- yeah, people think it's because they were faking Super Chats that came up during their show Monday night. But um, And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that the reason why they got the strike was for a violence on animals. Um, so, someone put in some type of report on them for that. And cause I've wow. seen the, I've seen the back screen grab and everything like that. And I actually talked to people who work on that show uh, before it was announced to everyone else. So it just seems really odd that uh, YouTube went along with that. Cause there was no violence towards animals on any of their streams. It was bizarre. I see Chris Gore's in the chat and he's really fucking hammered. Apparently. Chris, <laughs> oh, Chris, if you've seen the Strike Force Five, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, Dang Lizard, the only podcast I played on Spotify is the Peapod. Hell yeah, that was uh, a podcast I did with uh, Kaya and Doug from Who's Right, where we would just uh, take a leak into the toilet. That was the whole episode. Oh wow! Yeah, it didn't last very long, but people enjoyed. You got to be hydrated for that. Um, the artist formerly known as Chad. Love you guys. FKB, he's such a baby. Thanks, Chad. I forgot all about Chad. The good Reverend Sheetstain. Nine minutes of scat on screen with D. Snyder today. Yes, I saw stuttering John at D. Snyder on. I was blown away. I bumped into D. Snyder once once when I was at SiriusXM, and he said, "Oh, hey." He said, "Hey." like he recognized me and i and and that was years ago and still to this day i'm like who the fuck did he think that i was because it was just being nice yeah oh you know what maybe that's just like what he does to be nice yeah like if, imagine if like a guy like that just walks around and treats people like that like they like they're really important and he knows everybody and then you walked away with that feeling about him it's like oh my gosh what an amazing right. guy that's a good point i gotta start doing that it's the opposite of how i treat people <laughs> every day so maybe i should start doing that too Give him the old Snyder treatment. Chris Gore, 199 Dragon Con. Chris Gore is at Dragon Con, I think, in Atlanta right now, and he's out oh. drinking. Oh, gosh. Where are you at, Chris? Where are you drinking? Thank you, Jesus, for the five. And Dave, Sarah. All okay, right, Carl. Dave. You asked for it. You got it, buddy. Here comes the money. Here we go. Thanks for the super chat. Dave Sarah dislikes Brian Johnson so much he won't even listen to Back in Black. It is pronounced Dave Sarah, I found out, but our jingles um, department uh, thought it was Dave Sarah, but he still wants to hear it. sounds almost exactly like the Mongo one. <laughs> you notice that? Same music. Yeah. Just a little observation. Good point. Um, okay. 
what else did I have here? I okay. This there were there's so many favorite parts of this. At one point. All the guys are talking about how they kind of, oh, because it comes up because Seth Meyers is like, well, I have a lot of um, swag and merch from different shows, like if sh shows that have been canceled or different late night shows or shows that like got off the air. And then I think uh, Oliver starts saying, you know, anytime there's a first episode of a late, of a late show, I, I always watch it and. And I always, you know, feel feel grace for them because I know what it's like. Something to that effect. And I was like, they're talking about how hard running a first episode of a new talk show is. And I was like, oh, my God, are these guys running cover for Lily Singh? Because <laughs> they say at one point, like, I love short-lived late-night talk shows. And I'm like, Lily Singh was the worst one of the bunch. Like, it was, I think it was just one season or maybe it was the one season cut short. And it was just absolutely fucking horrible. It's when they thought they could take you know, a very popular YouTuber and put them on, give them a late night TV show and think that that was See, the that shows... Maybe they're running cover for their first episode of their dog shit podcast. <laughs> maybe that, that That's was. true, too. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. When you talk about uh, late night shows didn't work, I think of Chevy Chase. I think of Magic Johnson. I guess I'm showing my age here because you brought up a name I've never heard of. And I guess that, yeah, there you go. I'm not the only one who thought that. Dude, I think they bring up. I think they bring up the Magic Johnson show. Um, Kimmel suggests at one point he was offered a job as the announcer on the Magic Hour. I don't know if you guys listened up to this part. I did not get and that far. Oh, okay. Do gosh. you have it? Do you want to play it? I don't. I um. I don't know exactly where it is, so I would only just be okay. That's fine. You can just, you can just tell us. It. Okay. <laughs> So Kimmel brings up because Kimmel loves to name drop and brag, and this is his baby, and this is his show, and he's always in charge. So he starts by saying like, "Oh, you know, I was, I was, I think I was offered a job as the announcer for the Magic Hour, which was this Magic Johnson show." And then Colbert goes, "No, actually, I was offered the announcer job at the Magic Hour, and it was, he was." And then Colbert goes, "Oh, Jim Sharp called me up," and then it just was such a uh, a glaring example of like Colbert like big dicking him in real time <laughs> no shit like, it was brutal see it again to ryan's point earlier if these guys are just fighting with each other and just talking about their shows better than oh yeah you think your show's good what about that interview you do with so-and-so that would be very interesting they're contentious out here that'd be great It'd be awesome. Like if they actually did that, it would be great. It would be funny and entertaining. People would love to see that. Dude, get, get your assistant to pull clips of their worst interviews or their worst bits, and then bring those to the show. And be like, "Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, what were you thinking when you did this?" And then just play the the clip and put them on the spot. That would I would you listen. Carl Malone blackface one. <laughs> yeah. Be like, "Hey, Jimmy, uh, you know when you dressed up as Carl Malone, did you know that he impregnated a thirteen year old at the time, <laughs> or you know, was that just a benefit? You know what I mean? Like." That would be funny stuff on their podcast. I think Ryan should be a guest on this show. Book Ryan for your show, guys. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, should we email them with some questions? Yes. <laughs> I think that should be that could be cool. I think everyone should. They're just going to have their that? personal assistants go through it and, and pick the yeah, lamest shit. Like, that's true. Good point. And that's what they're going to do. Yeah, who's the most famous person you've met? <laughs> <laughs> is Steve yes. Martin really that cool? <laughs> yeah, he is. Chuck oh, <laughs> Morris. Ryan Kimmel is not an animal. He's a human being. Human, human being. being. A, couple a human being. Errors. Yeah, thank you. Human being. Good Reverend Sheetstein. Pretend there's an extra O for another drop. 
I don't know. I don't know if that's drop worthy. Thank you, though. Because <laughs> then the, the people, it'll become less special. Uh, Chuck Beck, great job, elitist pricks paying. It does seem like an elitist prick type show. The Good Reverend Sheetstein again. Best celeb show. Heil Honey, I'm Home, starring Hitler. <laughs> I would watch that. That's a pretty good one. So the Good Reverend Sheetstein, I think we glossed over this earlier, and he was talking about what happened on John's show today. I haven't seen it yet. But what this guy does is he changes out his avatar as scat porn, and John oh. has bad vision, so he doesn't see it. So Stuttering John will bring up his thing, and he'll leave it up there for five, six, seven minutes, and it's just a guy shitting into a, another guy's mouth. <laughs> like, I don't think YouTube, oh, no. I think that might be against the terms of service for YouTube, but all right, do what you got to do there, John. That's horrible. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I don't condone it. That's what I want to know, too, is like, why didn't they have on Ryan, Ryan Reynolds as a guest? Why didn't they have on George Clooney as a guest? Because it's that just been a, infinitely more interesting. No, those people have better things to do with their time. Are you kidding me? Ryan and George well, have better not, things to do. Like, kind of. They can't bad. act right now. <laughs> yeah, but... It's not like they're acting. I guess yeah. they're just doing business deals. Yeah. No, they've actually been smart, and they decided, hey, you know what? This acting thing isn't going to work forever. Maybe I'll start up some businesses, and it's working out very well for both of them, I have to say. Play the high note. Carl on FNT, when? Carl, yeah, you you know a lot about nerdy shit and well, cultural issues. I don't know if that's Got the true. glasses for it. I do. Yeah. What are your favorite nerd franchises? So I used to have, if you remember, uh, Chrissy, I think you were over at my house when I had this. I used mm -hmm. to have Star Wars skateboard decks in oh, the blister right. packs on the wall behind me. And I eventually I said I should probably, yeah, I, I was like, eventually I should probably like brand my show more since I'm on YouTube and stuff like that. You're like, so, I am uh, a grown man. No, <laughs> I was, I was born the year. Trading him out for a neon cactus. Yeah, well, the neon cactus is a, is a reference to another podcast that we make fun of. But uh, right. I was born the year that the first Star Wars movie came out. And uh, so I was, I've always been into uh, to Star Wars. Other than that, I don't know if I'm into a lot of nerdy things. I'm not sure. What would be an example? Like, do you find interesting, uh, like, the movies that come out or, or like, the uh, the Avengers franchise at all? Or I saw really, like, DC Marvel? I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because I was taking an airplane to Florida on JetBlue and they had it on there. I'm like, all right, I got time to kill. I'll watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Have you, either of you guys seen that movie? Mm -hmm. I have, yeah. yeah. It, it's the best thing Marvel's come out with in a while. Most of their shit sucks, but it was not a fun movie. It was it's, a brutal movie to it's watch. It's so stupid. And I, I'm wondering, am I getting too mature for this, or are they just getting dumb? Because the, the major villain in the movie, this is just one of the problems I had with it. The major villain in the movie has this machine where he can put uh, different animals through millions of, dollars of millions of years of evolution in just moments. And lo and behold... Everything turns into a human, which is not how evolution works at all. So, you know, you throw a bunny rabbit in there, and now it's a person rabbit. You throw a polar bear, and now it's a person bear. You throw, And then he creates this whole earth where everything on this earth are different people, but they're actually animals that have evolved into the... It doesn't make any... there's like a ghetto. There's like a yeah. ghetto and shit. Yeah. It's like, who wrote this? I, James Gunn did, but it's like, did anyone just go, well, do we want adults to enjoy this or no? Because this is so stupid. It doesn't make sense. I was really hoping that at the end, he was going to peel off his mask and it was going to turn out he was actually wearing blackface the whole time. <laughs> just That's what I was hoping. That would have been a good reveal. Yeah, and then the, the whole thing about friendship, the whole movie 
movie was about like making friends and having friends. It, it was like My Little Pony. I'm like, what? What is going on right now? I thought I was watching a superhero movie. This is yeah. You ridiculous. basically had like the Dumbledore and Harry Potter scene with uh, Rocket Raccoon, like the white where he met that fucking otter or whatever it was. Right. Like in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and then <laughs> and then the the bad guy from the first scene comes back. And now he's buddies with all of them, and they're all doing a group hug, and he's just like, hey, I'm part of the gang now, right? It, it felt like Sesame Street. Like, what, what the fuck am I watching right now? Anyway, um, no, I'm not, in, I'm not into superhero movies. <laughs> okay, better not have Carl and FNT. <laughs> all right, thanks, though, Dave. I appreciate it. Aww. Maybe not the place for me. You would be fine. Nighttime Remix, 15 minutes on Surf Rock Riffs. Now that Go. I can talk about, for sure. Riffs or Riffs? Well, uh, I guess riffs without the T, yeah. Yeah. That's what it should be. What's an example of a surf rock band? Uh, the Ventures, Dick Beach Dale? Beach Boys? Uh, okay. No, the Beach Boys, no. But um, if you think about Pulp Fiction, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. <gasps> yeah. A lot of surf <laughs> music on there. Yeah. <laughs> a little miserly, yes. <laughs> Wiggle your big toe. Wait, that's a different movie. That's a different movie. Um, wrestled by Cher, not sure. Ryan is human, doesn't seem to have time for sleep, always posting or streaming. Good stuff. Oh. Yeah, just uh, incredibly depressed, yes. You're oh. depressed? No, I'm good. I'm just fucking around. I'm good. Don't oh. don't fucking actually be concerned. It's not I... like I'm... Uh, it's not like I'm... Oh, what's that motherfucker's name? Who's the guy that trolled you uh, on Simpcast? Oh, um, oh. Oh, oh, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, yes. Have you heard about this, Carl? No, I have not. <laughs> so Chris Benoit oftentimes super chats a lot of our channels with Canadian money. Chris Benoit, the you know the former WWE wrestler who very famously like killed his entire fucking family. Right. Um, he super chatted Chrissy on Simpcast the other night and was like, "Hey guys, you know." I'm really get ready to get back into the dating market. My wife isn't in the picture. My kids aren't in the picture anymore. And I just want some advice. That's just Christy fun. Takes like, oh, Christy takes five minutes and like explains. It's like, this is what I really think you should do. Like very heartfelt advice oh, no. for a new single dad on the market. And someone's like, I just looked that guy up and I'm, I think it's a troll. It's like, He's a yeah. murderer. <laughs> he fucking murdered his entire fucking family. Oh, well, that's all right. Not everyone knows WWE lore, Chrissy. That's all right. Don't expect a woman to know that shit. I wouldn't. Unbelievable. That's funny, though. It was great. Jacobo, let's see those hogs, Chrissy. <laughs> hogs. See, what, what? why do OnlyFans when I can enjoy it all right here on YouTube? <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Chrissy, Yeah, exactly. You, speaking yeah, of OnlyFans. Like, why would... Yes. Uh, are you friendly with um, Karen Fian? I used to be best friends with her. We came up in comedy together, and then like she just like wrote me off. Uh, well, years ago at this point, so I always kind of have like I have like an old friend wound there. But I enjoyed your review of her podcast. Yeah, I just and posted it seems it. like she's. It seems like she bought like a really nice new house from her you know asshole money so i'm proud of her for that that's pretty cool yeah no her place looks like it's pretty nice uh if you want to check out so karen fian does not like me i, I went on chip show years ago and karen was on there and just made it very clear she did not like me for whatever reason so we reviewed her show only fians um and that's up she on our youtube right now she didn't like you 
me personally, and I saw her on your show, not, I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, where you're like, do you know Carl from his podcast? She goes, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> she's, she, for whatever wow. reason, does not like me. I don't know what I did to her, but she's not a fan. I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I've tried reaching out to her like many times over the years. And like, I guess I have a hard time believing just like people have fucking completely written me off like a lot of people. So, eh, but I have you guys, right? <laughs> we still love you. No, she sucks. Karen Fiend sucks. Uh, but she's got a house from OnlyFans. Good for her. Good for her. Um, She's living her best life. Well, this was good. Guys, should we do this again if they put out another episode or do we hate ourselves? I'm into it, honestly, because I, I want to see where they go from here. I got to imagine they're going to make some course corrections for episode mm. two, right? Yeah, like maybe not do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? What What if they actually recorded episode two right after episode one? Oh, that's Oof. possible. That's very possible. That, like, do not put it past them. That's why they might not talk about any, like, relevant topics or anything. And they're not going to be on video. So, I don't know. Right. There was nothing topical, really, discussed. And that's a good point because a lot of these Hollywood types are like, let's bang out five episodes in a day because I'm on vacation. You know, I got, yeah. I got places right. to go. I don't want to be doing this every thursday or whatever they have to do it but i also don't want anybody to come up to me and say how are you enjoying the vacation <laughs> <laughs> right i don't want to do yeah. that obviously Ugh. yeah it's just the biggest uh, is amazing i'm like wow they're really broadcasting how out of touch they all are which is great and, uh, and, how and irrelevant they are chrissy this has been fun it was great meeting you ryan and chrissy thanks for bringing us together for this this was a great idea and i never oh, i never podcast on a saturday night like this but uh this has been a lot of fun me either. Usually I have uh, something to do, like plans. But this was uh, urgent. We had to urgently review this. That's true. Uh, and, oh, Matthew, oh, a couple more snuck in. Matthew Hammond, did you see that people at Burning Man have run out of food and are raiding other people that be that came prepared? This is a repeat of Fire Festival. Oh, Lord. Apparently it was a big storm or something that happened there. And I, I'll, like... A lot of people are stranded, some bullshit. I don't really care. They can all die. I don't either. They can die. That's what you get. You wanted the whole Burning Man experience. There you go. And they're going to do another fire festival. They've already pre-sold oh, a ton I, of That's not going to fucking happen. a single... Yeah, that <laughs> is such horseshit. I don't know if that guy's allowed to even do that. Steal people's money yet again. And Billy McFarlane, yeah, he's yeah. out of jail and ready to roll. I don't know how that's even possible. But uh, as far as the Burning Man thing goes, like... You could take my food and my water. Just don't take my drugs. That would really bum me out. Uh, they're going to say, don't take my freedom. <laughs> no, just don't take my drugs. I brought, I brought those mushrooms for me, asshole. <laughs> did you know? You probably did know this. Carl, did you know at my wedding, there were a bunch of people on mushrooms? Including, because he admitted this, so I think I can say this, uh, Alex Stein. <laughs> <laughs> which i was like really I, here i am thinking wow everyone's having a great time at the wedding we did such a good time like, we did, a good we job did, we did all have a great wow, time at we your wedding a great, we booked a great band the food everyone's enjoying the food wow we really did the tables right no everyone was just micro dosing yeah no i'm not micro and it was funny because i, I saw <laughs> alex talking about that on the show He's just, he just goes well i don't drink and everyone was drinking so you know, someone offered me some, and there might have been other drugs circulating at your wedding as well. I would be well. so nervous to do a brand new hard drug at a special event like that. I would just, I'd be nervous. With a bunch of people around you probably don't know or whatever. Maybe that's why they did it, because they were anxious. Who knows? Well, I would say a good, 
a lot of people there knew each other. I think that's yeah. part of why it was fun. We did our first yeah. live show in Chicago a couple of years ago, and one of my family members decided to take acid for the first time oh, in, no. our, in our live show. I was just like, huh. That's, that's usually a thing like you get with your friends and go out to the woods or something, you know, and your first time taking acid. It's more of a ritual. It's not just like a, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. That's cool. <laughs> why not? It's crazy. It's like, don't, I don't know. I just don't want to know because one time I was on my friend's boat and like, a couple hours into the boat ride, he's like, I'm on acid. I'm like, you're the captain. You're driving. Like, what? Be careful. Uh, Raslin Majer, you guys have my view, no matter your stance on pineapple on pizza. I am for well, it. You're for it? Ew. Yes. Get out of my sight. I, I'm, I'm against it in principle. That, like, if you're going to have a bunch of shit on it, and then pineapple is one of those things, and it's acceptable, like Gary from Nerdrotic has this fucking wild pizza that he only uses because he abused drugs when he was younger and his taste buds are fucking shot. Like, <laughs> that so I get, like, I get why he puts all that random shit. When you have that much stuff and pineapple's just in the mix, it doesn't matter too much. All right, here's my take on it. I really like anchovies. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but a lot of times people do the Hawaiian pizza, which is pineapple and ham. Here's what I do. Pineapple and bacon. Try it. That's better than pineapple and ham, 100%. Because bacon is just better than ham, yes, period. 100%. Do you, think, do you think now they have to change the Hawaiian pizza to now just light the whole thing on fire? <laughs> yeah, it's just burnt to a crisp. Just, just burnt? <laughs> this Hawaiian pizza is too authentic for me. I want to send it back. Shoot it with a direct energy weapon until it's it, burnt it, to a crisp. It took one day for me to start seeing those memes, but here's your pineapple pizza, just a black rock. Oh, no. So this is the uh, first. We're the first people to figure that one out. I All right. I was yeah. having a big brain moment. Yep. I guess I'm yep. not. Uh, Nim Rob, Karen doesn't like white guys. Carl, deal. I'm over it. It's fine. She likes MMA fighters. Uh, Chuck Morris, I'm having a hard time finding Chrissy Mayer diving videos because I, I did it at a time that was like social media was like in its infancy. Thank God. Uh, they're all on an old camcorder somewhere. Don't go looking for that. I still hold the record, by the way, at my college. All right. All right. Enough about me. This was a great show. Hopefully we will do this again if there is an episode two. Um, Ryan, tell the good people what's coming up for you this week and where to follow you. Uh, if you just search Ryan Kennel or RK Outpost on any platform, once you scroll through the endless hate content, you'll find me. Um, you'll find <laughs> my channel. So, yeah, I mean, I do a live stream for myself on my channel at 530 Eastern PM on uh, on Sundays. So that's where I'll be doing tomorrow. And then each and every day, Geeks and Gamers Daily on the Geeks and Gamers channel at 11 a.m. Eastern and Friday Night Tights every Friday afternoon. Not night anymore. Every Friday afternoon for Friday Night Tights. So thanks Friday. for having me on. This is fun. Friday Afternoon Tights. This was so fun. Carl, did Who you are do these? yourself? Who are these.com is where you can go to find all the stuff, all the links to all of our different things. We recorded the show earlier today. It'll be out tomorrow on our major feed. And that is a show called Welcome to My Vagina. It's uh, two women who talk about getting heavy periods, which I'm oh, sure God. you'll enjoy, Chris. It's a good episode that I did with my buddy yeah. Vinny Paulino today. But you, you um, should just call it Heavy Flow. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah, that's a good podcast. That's name not right a bad there. idea. Or a even flow. Yeah, nothing even about these two. <laughs> so um, that is wherever you find podcasts. Where these podcasts, uh, we have a lot of fun. It's pretty much Jocktober, but in podcast form. At least that's what it's based on. And uh, if you want to support us, we do two bonus episodes every single month. Go to patreon.com slash who are these podcasts. 
Amazing. And lastly, David Sullivan. Chrissy, I didn't know you kept livestock. Where do you keep your hogs? Again, <sighs> thank you. I'll just say thank you. Um, <laughs> guys, you can see me in L.A. I'm going to L.A., flying to L.A. on Monday for the first time since the pandemic. I'll be with Lila Hart and Keanu Thompson at the Pineapple Hill Saloon next Friday and Saturday. Special guest Nick Searcy will be on Friday. Special guest Perry Caravella will be on Saturday. Whoa, so come nice. on out if you like any of those people. It's wow. going to be a hoot. I'm doing a lot of special podcast appearances while I'm in L.A. Oh, uh, I have I'm to gonna- ask. Are you going to see my, ruin the surprise. my buddies Dick Who? and Vito at all? Are you going to be hanging out with them? I Okay, so before all this drama popped off, yeah. I invited Dick to come to the comedy show. I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't know if he still okay. would want to come I, to I had a feeling show. maybe there was uh, an issue with that at these days. A long time ago, I also asked. Dick came to, to uh, the last time when I was in Pasadena doing the Elks Lodge. He yep. came out to that show. I remember show. that, yeah. But um, no Vito. So I don't think... I don't know. I don't consider Vito a real comedian, so I think he shies away from like actually going to shows because it's a reminder that he's not really performing. He's a weirdo. And he has to um, buy two seats. So. That, yeah. <laughs> expensive. Uh, yeah. Um, it was annoying today. I was just I was trying to defend free speech and the fact that like nothing should be off limits in comedy. And then I get these responses like, "Oh, you're a Vito sympathizer. That means you co-sign everything he ever does." And I'm like, "No, that's not what I'm saying." But People it, it, are retarded. The thing is, it's if there's a if there's some sort of line, people are going to draw it in different places. Right. That's True. the reality. Right. If there's a line for comedy, people will draw it in different places, and that's how people end up coming after somebody for a Malaysian Airlines joke. That's how <laughs> yeah. someone comes after me for saying blue, Mexicans are sneaky. Right. Because that <laughs> they line, are. That, that, when you draw that line and you see think it's acceptable to draw the line for comedy. Everyone's going to arbitrarily draw it at different places. Everyone's not going to think the same way you do, though. Well, this is the only thing that should be off limits. So if you are for jokes, then hey. And that's the thing. If I tell a lot of off color jokes that are racist, transphobic, like the whole nine. But I also feel like I've earned a lot of good faith in in uh, my whatever friends, family, community, whatever. You've gone down on chicks. You can make those jokes. I get it. Hey, no, I mean, like. Off stage, I think I'm generally a good person. That way, anytime a joke that I do crosses the line, I feel like I have people who have my back. But if you spend your life cultivating enemies, you can't be shocked when you say something like say and do things that cross the line. And then you're like, oh, wait, nobody, there's no support. Everyone fucking hates me. It's like, yeah, that's you make bad decisions. That's what's going to happen. Mark Random, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Listen, I, I'm uh, not saying anything controversial or anything profound right now, but I think it's been lost on a whole generation, or maybe two generations of people, that uh, freedom of speech means defending speech you hate. It means literally right, defending people who say people things that you, you yeah. disagree with. That's and what that from is. People you don't like or right. respect. Correct. <laughs> you know, it's they're simple. allowed to say whatever the fuck they want to say as well. And right now, I'm in a world where everyone's getting their channels banned and people are putting strikes on them and trying to ruin people's shows. And I fucking hate that shit. Let people talk. Everyone's allowed yeah, to talk. Okay. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to like it. Yeah. Now, if you think that someone's not joking, right? If you think that someone's not joking and that they're being serious or whatever, like that, that's. That's your opinion that they're not joking, and it's your uh, you can go after them and criticize them for whatever. But right. when it comes to jokes, uh, we end up on the opposite side of this 
all the fucking time from people who they, they were laughing along with everything we fucking said until we mentioned something that tangentially involved them or something that they personally got offended by. Right. Exactly. And then they want to shut you up. So good point. JR, Brian is right about those people. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll be in next LA weekends. uh next weekend. They are sneaky. My God, they came after me so hard too. They're like, oh, she's so racist. And uh, I was like, none of these people saw the movie. I was like, you're actually proving our point on how fucking dumb you are, because they're basically saying, like, yeah, we're all just stereotypes. I'm like, we're calling it stereotypical, we're calling it racist. Their brains are breaking. Um, but anyway, I will be in uh, Maypac, New York for a really great fundraiser show September 23rd with Gino Bisconti and Anthony Cumia. Get tickets for that. Tickets are almost getting to a place where they're getting low. So get in on that if you're in the upstate New York, Peekskill, uh, Putnam area. Uh, go to my website, chrissymayer.com. And then in the October 21st, I'll be in Minnesota doing a show and i think nick or kate is going to be hosting or opening nice. or doing something there he's going to awesome. figure out how to do comedy I, i'm like that's i love this because he's it's going to be yeah. all pedo jokes it's, so uh, you know. <laughs> he's told me some of his ideas it's fun though i'm trying to get ryan i want to get you to do stand-up i want to get cecil to do stand-up i i fucking i'm gonna turn everyone uh anyway for tickets guys go to my website chrissymayer.com and of course tomorrow is simpcast at 9 p.m eastern so tune in for that we got tree of logic melanie mack leanne star and steph the altar nerd so i will see you tree of logic on that's gonna be wild she's so she's a riot she's spicy as fuck everybody follow carl Carl, Farrow Carl, Farrow Carl, Farrow Carl, I'm having a stroke follow girl follow ryan it's because it's 100 degrees in this room it's all like right a let's, well we can wrap it up that's enough plugs we get all right. it all right all right <laughs> thanks guys this has been plugs fun galore. we love you guys bye bye, bye. okay folks guess what <laughs> the episode's <laughs> over <laughs>